Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health, personalized recommendations, and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthy with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm, designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor-enhanced technical garments. The all-new Health Monitor dashboard gives you a big-picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout to save 15%. Hello and welcome to Dirty Water. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith. And today's guest is surf photography and surf journalism's greatest virtuoso. Over the the course of, yeah, I like your little laugh there, Sean. Over the course of 30 (laughs) years, maybe even a little more, our guest has captured, in a manner one can only describe as iconic, pivotal events in the sport. From Kelly Slater's multiple world titles to Andy Irons at his great peak in the early 2000s to a naked four-time world champ, to a chance encounter at a bar with surfing's first and still openly gay male surfer smooching Kelly. Our guest, <laughs> is, our guest is a raw and emotional man who will gobble up everything on the breakfast tray and whom I once accidentally nearly killed due to a very poor sense of humour and a lack of understanding of the severity of diabetes. Today's guest, Mr. Steve Sherman. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me there. on, oh, man, I'm stoked. Oh, it's a pleasure, mate. God. Are you kidding, Steve Sherman? I'm feeling good, right? Hey, there's my man Chaz. Are you, you're, you're close by, correct? You're in Cardiff, right? I mean, I could throw a rock and hit your home, I think, unless you move. Yeah, no, I moved. I'm, I'm, I'm up in La Costa, but yeah, good to see you, man. Good to see you. So, Sherm, um, important, very important first question. Where were you at Pipe? You've snatched every or pretty much every other great moment in Kelly's life. Where were you and what happened? Um, I didn't get to go to Pipe. I was watching it at home. Um, I was going to go with Emiliana with um, Marcio from Sharp Eye and then they changed up the last second and um, I couldn't find a place to stay <laughs> to tell you the truth that was simple as that I was, I was pulling all my plugs and short of putting it on Instagram going hey I need a room I couldn't get a place to stay So, um, and I also got some stuff coming up too I was going to go for Kelly's birthday but I'm, I'm doing some stuff with Eddie Vedder and his new band in a couple of days from shooting that so 
Um, I would have loved to have been there for it. I mean, God, it was so emotional, but it killed me actually. And I, I went through some emotional highs and lows. Like I wanted to be there, but um, good on him, man. What you know, what a day for for him and everyone. Did you get uh, weepy when um, Kelly was thanking Axel and uh, Lindy Ons? I wasn't. Yeah, um, I was just. I was talking. I was just on the water, and I was telling a guy, one of my friends, about it, and I, I started tearing up. Then it was. I just. I was so emotional looking at Axel, look at Kelly, and Axel was like in awe, you know. And, and Kelly was just, you know, I thought that was a really classy thing to do, you know, and um, just and say, hey, how much he loved his dad, you know, which we all did. And, you know, those guys went through a lot of hell together, you know, Andy and Kelly. And so, um, but yeah, I just thought it was a beautiful thing. The funny thing is I've been there for so many pipe contests where, where Kelly was going, you know, and he was, oh man, and then he'd peak or it wasn't his destiny, you know, but then you saw, I saw the surf forecast and go, oh man, I think he's going to do it. <laughs> and um, I just can't believe he's going to be 50 and, you know, 50 years old in four or five days. He's going to be number one in the world at that age. Do you think? Do you think when um, you know Kelly was thanking Axel and Lindy, Andy was looking down from heaven, going, "Stay away from my woman and my kid, motherfucker." Uh, yeah, you know, I think he was looking down with a smile on his face. Andy was pretty soft, you know, especially in the last years. And you know, but there's probably always going to be some hate. I think all the guys kind of love hate Kelly, like Mick. You know, Mick loves Kelly and he hates Kelly. You know, <laughs> and so I think all those guys had that relationship with him. You know, where they, they you know. And so, um, fair enough, you know, they're, they're, they're warriors. It's funny because you remind me a little bit of Andy Irons. That you, see, you have this big tough exterior, but you're, um, you're such a gentle creature underneath. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm too sensitive for my own good sometimes. Um, I'm an Aquarian. <laughs> so I guess that means I'm, I'm sensitive. Like Kelly's an Aquarian too. It's funny that. But um, yeah, um, I, I, people get intimidated because I'm big. I'm 6'2", 195 pounds, but... I'm actually, I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy, but I snap. You're, that's a good analogy because I snap. Like you Andy, snap. Yeah, you do snap. I snap. Derek, Derek doesn't know about that. Derek's only ever seen your soft side, Sherm. No, no, Derek's seen me snap. But so you're right, though. There was probably some similarities there with Andy. So uh, I'll, I'll take that. It's funny, the, um, you know, you were really missed, obviously, at the contest, but how good was that shot that Brent Pillman got of um, Seth and Kelly in the lineup? I think that's the shot of the decade. Hands down, I immediately put a message into him and said, listen, I thought that was the most important photo in pro surfing in a long, long, long time. And um, those guys never used to, the water guys never used to shoot photojournalism. Mm. And then one day when Jeff Flint was working for me at Surfing Magazine, he shot one of, I think of Andy Irons or someone like that in a moment. And, and Flint goes, yeah, sure me, you like that? I was thinking of you. And I go, yeah, about time. So anyway, I just thought, that was just a beautiful moment and it's, it's seen around the world. And um, that's the kind of photo, you know, that I would like to have, you know, cause I just think it was a, it was absolutely stunning. Intimate, very intimate. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, no one sees that. No one could tell from the podcast that Kelly's crying and, 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 and Seth's holding him and coddling him because he's emotional. You know, I just thought it was really real. What did you think, you know, Jess? Do you like it? That's, I mean, I love Brent Bielman so much. And I, I mean, I really did think he captured an iconic moment in the water and was happy that that, that photo got the play that it did. That was the one. I thought so too. Yeah, me too. Too bad the WSL owns it. But um, Oh, really? Oh. Brent doesn't own it? No, he was working for the WSL. It, yeah, they got a tag on it. 
I should. Yeah, so you have, when you work for the WSL, do you have to sign the rights over, dude? I never did, but I only worked for them in a small, very small time. Um, because I, I wouldn't do that, you know, but I, but I'm not sure about that. Um, I hope that he, that's his and he can do what he wants to with it. I mean, that should be a billboard, you know, um, you know, w, I don't know. Everyone has their own, their own stuff with themselves. I never worked for him long enough to have to push that envelope, you know? Hmm. What do you have with the WSL? Do you have, what are your thoughts in general on the world surfing? <laughs> um, well, as far as, I mean, I think the, I like the content. I, I, I'm a fan. I like watching pro surfing. Um, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Um, me personally, I have issues because I'd like to work for them. And I've always wanted, that's been always been my goal to work for them. I mean, this is what I do. You know, I, I mean, be quite honest, I mean, I'm the best in the world at shooting photojournalism and surfing. I can safely say that. And you think they would want me to be working for them, but they had a chance at trestles and, you know, and I'm, they didn't hire me for that. And I worked for them for about six months. And then uh, I, I was let, you know, they just, they, they don't want me. So it's, I don't know. I think it probably has, probably has to do with, I'm a little overbearing at the contest. You know, I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the, I'm on the webcast. I'm doing my thing. I don't really care about the webcast that much. I try to, but when, if I see, it's, if I see the target, I'm going for it. So I got a lot of shit for being on the webcast and being in the way of the cameras, especially on the beach and stuff. So I think they, they probably just got the point where she, you know, she, she was a liability for us. I don't know. But um, do you think part of it is that they don't actually want, I mean, photojournalism depends on realism, right? On capturing the moment or any moment uh, in reality where they are more interested in, uh, I don't know, a manufactured version of what is real as opposed to, what's real maybe i i don't know i mean intimacy i don't know i mean that could be a that could be it but um i just think the average surf fan wants to see what's going on behind the scenes that's why i pride myself in my work is like things that i want to see i want to know about and i shoot photos of them oh my god and then, then i'm able to tell these stories about it these paragraphs i you know every story i have i can tell a story about it why and it adds to it um as I said, you know, I was just, I was really bummed. I, I wasn't in Hawaii for that. I, was, I really was. And, uh, but as I said, I'll, I'm going to keep doing this because I enjoy doing it. This is what I do. This is like an art. It's my art. I'm not, you know, I shoot other photos. I do my rock and roll stuff. I sell my archive, but I enjoy pro surfing still. And I'm a fan of all of those guys and all those young guys, Seth, all those guys, they seem to like me, you know, I'm like Philippe, those guys really, they let me in their world. And, and the reason they let me in the world is because they know what I've done with Kelly and with Andy. So that, right off the bat, they knew, well, sure, sure must be okay. You know, he's did look all that stuff he's done. So um, I just thought the WSL could take advantage of that, my relationships and, and the stuff I get. I had one time when it was, it was ASP, they used to say, one time they took me away, the ASP was last year, the ASP and the, uh, the web guys took me aside and they're like, Sherm, we got to tell you, we, uh, we follow you on walkie talkie and, and, and we're behind you. Cause we're, we're sure. What's he doing at that point? Cause they had no clue. <laughs> so I, I had, there was, I was like, Whoa, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. We really do. And I thought that was really cool. You know? So what was your last um, communicate with the WSL? Did you say, Hey, I'm open to shooting the contest. And they just said, man, dear, dear Steven, thank you, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm really good friends with Dave Proden. And um, he's one of my, he's one of my allies there. He, you know, so I, I remember telling him before the Trestles event, I said, Hey man, I go, I'd really like to work for you guys that day. And he's all really, and he's all, and, and he's all, well, what's your day rate? And I go, oh, maybe around this, whatever, you know, I go, I don't, I'm not really doing it for the money. And then um, this never happened. And um, I, I got, I had, I had brilliant stuff at Trestles, really good stuff. Mm. And um, I don't know. As I said, I just, you know, it, just, it disappoints me sometimes, you know, like put this way, I'm in the water surfing today. Or it was last week, five guys, dude, why don't you, why don't you a pipeline? What's going on? You know, I have, that's like, that's like rubbing salt in the wound. I'm like, I know I'm not there. I want to be there, you know, but it's cool. I was home surfing my, my local reef and having fun, but um, it was, uh, as I said, I, I I have a large archive of Kelly and he's, and he's a good friend. So, but Todd Glazer was there and he, and he's, he's, I'm kind of a mentor to him and, you know, so he's working with him. So I, I back him hundred percent. And uh, so is Todd, Todd Glazer particularly small? Cause I saw a photo of him and Kelly and someone else. And Todd uh-huh. Glazer looks about four feet tall. Yeah. He, no, yeah. He's a, I call him little Todd. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's an actual bodyboard star. And uh, Todd is just, he's so talented, you know, but he also, he know, you know, he knows what I do and he, he knows what my, what my strengths are and I know what his strengths are, you know? Um, he's a beautiful technician with a camera. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, well, he's just great. You know, and I think he admits that he gets socially a um, little, you know, feels weird sometimes pushing the envelope of getting in people's you know, face and stuff. Least, least he wouldn't get in the way of the podcast. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. You know, big, big guy with a hat. Another thing is, that I wear this. I wear my fucking hats, my bricks and hats, and that's gonna piss them off even more. But there's a reason for that, because I'm just trying to block everyone else. You know. I love, I love seeing you fucking budge the way they go. Ah, let me get the shot. Let me get the shot. Yeah, it's so yeah, true. I mean, children it's, being stamped, I'm very vocal. I'm very front. vocal. And uh, like if my son, my son Ethan or Taj, you know, I work with sometimes. Yeah, they're both there, and they're and Ethan's Ethan's like a big kid. He's a linebacker, you know. So when I, I took him to Australia and and um and at Trestles, he's blocking for me, and he's throwing, <laughs> you know, he's anti-Brazilian device, you know. Because all the Brazilians <laughs> are going crazy, you know. And and Ethan goes, "Wow, that's fuck. That was fucking heavy." You know, <laughs> when, when the, we call it the scrum, you know. And uh, but um. It's, it's a real treat to have my boys doing that with me. And my boys are fans too. And they, and they get it, you know, they don't really have a huge interest in photography, but they do like getting in there, and, and, you know, getting Knocking in the head. scrum, you know, it's like football or, or rugby. They both play rugby now. Go figure. <laughs> That's amazing. So you, so you shot the finals day last, last year, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that was a blast. I had so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. I just I got really good stuff, and it was intimate, and I really didn't have the access I wanted. Yeah, but um, access is kind of overrated sometimes. Like when I went to Australia last time with Ethan, like was it four years ago, they wouldn't even let me in the competitors area. I was sitting outside of the fence, and they wouldn't even let. So me and Ethan on the sand, and then Kelly sees me. He goes, "Sure." So I go up and talk to Kelly, and I have I have this fence between me. And I'm next to I'm next to all these young girls who are trying to get photos too. And I look at Ethan. I go, I go, I go. When the fuck am I even doing this right here? So it was it was just like weird, you know. But they they gave me no access the last time I was there in Australia. Zero. 
Really? And now with the COVID, it's just another excuse. <laughs> uh, you know, COVID, you know. <laughs> but I don't want to see him. I'm super neg on him, you know. I, I love what, you know, I'm, I'm a fan, I guess. But I just... um I just want to, I want to, I want to capture stuff. I want to do that. And I just think I'm, I'm the best at what I do. So let's and talk. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I'm not, I, if you, if you know me, I, I don't really brag much and, I, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty mellow about that kind of stuff, but I'll claim that, you know, just look, look at my track record. You know, some of those guys at WSL, I go, okay, name me one photo that guy took. And you go, oh yeah, I can't. So, you know, that's kind of, I judge photographers by that. Well, how many what images can I remember? I can remember Todd Glazer images, you know, Brent Bielman images, you know, but I'm not going to mention any names of people that. that uh... So, so that's, that's a good, that's a good point because there's so many of your shots over the years that are so memorable. <clears throat> like you said, like Todd's, you know, Kelly at the wave pool, whatever. But uh, let's talk about, let's talk about your great celluloid moments. Kelly and Slater and Matt Branson, the first openly gay surfer in a bar. That um, that was in Queensland. That was in 2003, I think, right before the digital age. And we're at the bar. And I know Matt Branson. Matt Branson used to come to California and stay with Jeff Baldwin in like the 80s. So we knew Brano really well. So, and, and I shot, some of the first stuff I shot for surfing was Rusty ads with him. So I knew him kind of well, but he was kind of still, you know, not out of the closet. He, he was still kind of hiding you know, his sexuality. And so they were at this bar, and there's Brando, just this big, hug, you know, huggable, you know, man. And so he just goes up and gives, and I have my camera, and he goes up and gives Kelly this big peck on the cheek. And Kelly just looks like he wasn't bummed, but he was just like, yeah, you can just tell it was, it was a sweet moment, you know. But um, I, I look at that photo sometimes, I go, God damn, that's a, that's one of those keeper moments, you know. That'll be in a book, for sure, down the line. But um. Yeah, I know. Were you at the bar that day? Were you there when that happened, or you saw the member the photo? No, no, I was uh, I was in Coolangatta, but um, <clears throat> I was keeping to myself in the hotel room. I think when, um, <laughs> when I think we were yeah. staying together, actually maybe at Burley Heads or something. But uh, and I think we were, we were sharing um, sharing kind of apartments. But I remember the shot. Yeah, yeah, in Triple X. Yeah, I love, love that photo. It's kind of black and white. It's kind of soft, and you know, it's just it's very raw. Kelly actually looks really, really happy in it. It looks like he's uh, just just found out. He does. Christmas, he's, Christmas he's day. Agreeable. Like, yeah. yeah. He loves Brando too. We, we all love Brando. You know, everyone Brando. loves. Everyone loves Brando. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. He's a he's a legend. Isn't it amazing though that um, after all these years, he's the only pro male pro surfer to um, to be you know relatively openly gay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no one. I don't know of anyone really. I mean that's that's open come out you know like that as he as he had who do you, who do you know that hasn't come out steve yeah yeah huh? who, who, do you, who do you know who's still oh come on now you, i knew you guys didn't know <laughs> no i know that's a tough one man there's probably there's got to be some you know for sure it's just just the averages you know and just i don't know it's just it's, it's sad in society though that they probably feel like you know it wouldn't work out for them or at this point you know I think Tyler I mean, at this Wright, point it's from Wood. Imagine the LGBTQ gay yeah. surfer coming out. Imagine I was moved by I was moved by Tyler Wright and and how I think she went through a lot of stuff with that, keeping it kind of low pro. And then now 
she's just all good with, with, you know, with her, with her, with her, you know, girlfriend or her partner. And I just thought that was beautiful. You know, she seems like she's very comfortable with it, but I can tell she probably wasn't comfortable for a long time, you know, because how, how bad was her performance of pipe? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of that. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Steve. I, 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 you know, I was, I, I'm, I was a rugby game that day. And, then the finals and stuff, but no, I saw the high, the women were surfing great, but yeah, that doesn't matter, you know. Moana, she went and that was that's fucking amazing. She's she's tiny too. Yeah, she's I, love, I love the story of her punching out Tatiana. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best thing ever that just got just that was the best story ever. That got really I'm, I'm all and then you had the photo of her dropping you in. I'm all god, that's so Hawaiian, you know. Just, but disappeared they were all best friends in the post i how does surfing not lean into those rivalries more i mean you as a photojournalist and you covering andy kelly how in the world does pro surfing wsl whatever not lean into hey let's yeah. make some actual rivalries here the rivalry rivalry is, is good for it, it it's real and when when that rivalry was going down it was really tough with me because I would say I was just as good of friends with Andy as I was with Kelly. And um, Kelly really didn't have any issues with it. Andy had some issues with it sometimes. But um, then I actually, Sherm, Sherm, now that you're on that particular little angle, what about there's a time in Brazil, I think, when, um, <laughs> yeah. when Andy was heartbroken that you'd been photographing Kelly. Yeah, we went to um, me and Jamie Tierney, we heard, we heard there was a party over at some house close by and we heard the boys were there. So we went over there. So me and um, Jamie walk in the door and there's Bruce, Andy, Parco, some other people and they're playing cards. And we walk in and, um, you know, it's Brazil. You can imagine what was going on in Brazil. And so we walk in. Dancing and, um, and well, you know, just <laughs> everyone was partying. Yeah. And uh, so we get in there and then Andy's being kind of quiet. And then, and this is right before, you know, Kelly won it. And Andy looks at him, he's all, out of the way, he's all, Sherman, I know what you're fucking here. You're here to, you're here to capture me losing to, to Kelly. I know what you're up to. Fuck you, that's what you're doing here, huh? And I, I went, whoa, whoa, Andy, hold on, man. I go, dude, I am here to capture what happens. If you win this contest, I'm gonna be there capturing it for you too, you know? And then, and he was still kind of pissed. And so then I'm shooting photo. I have my camera my, my, with film. This is on film. Parco picks up my camera and starts mocking me, shooting photos of Andy getting very aggressive with me. And so he, I have these photos that Parco took of Andy going, ah, oh, you know, like really animated. They're all kind of soft focus. And then I look at Andy and I go, dude, don't you remember? I was at LAX. I dressed you up as the president. I've, I've been there for all your stuff. You know, dude, we're friends. And then he goes, my bad. And he puts his arms around me and gave me a big hug, like that fast. <laughs> so then the last photos that Parko shot are me and Andy arm and me and Andy arm, arm and arm. But um, yeah, he but I knew that you know everyone was, everyone seems to have been behaving very oddly at that party. Yeah. What's that? Very what? Everyone seems to have been behaving very oddly at that party. Yeah. Did they have well, too many know, beers? A couple too many beers. 
what 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 could Andy and Bruce and Joe Parkinson have been doing at that party? God damn. Yeah, it. I think I think they they split a six pack between really? them. Derek. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and the top of I think Ark might have been there. <laughs> uh, well, I've been on tour with those guys, and those guys were the dynamic duo. You know, that was rock and roll tour. You know, so I would just go hang out with them a little bit, and you know, they trusted me because they knew I wouldn't <laughs> shoot anything shitty like you know, but. Um, those were good times, you know. I, I so they're the, they the last of the rock stars, sort of Parko and Andy, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Parko was the last rock star. Yeah, I, I believe. And um, another man, I love Joel Parkinson. I just, I guess, I just gotta say this real fast that he is one of the few people, him and Mick, that I, I've, I've been friends with, who when they see me, just seem really glad to see me and hug me and go, "How you been? What's going on?" You know. And for a long time with some other people, it wasn't that way with people. I'm all. You know, even with Kelly, sometimes he he was kind of going off this weird direction. You know, where he, he, I I found me me and Kelly we talked about it. And I was like, dude, I go, what? I'm your friend, you know. But that's you know to be to be like who he is and what he deals with and the goat, you know, and he's got all kind of shit going on in his life. I understood, but we had, we had, we had to talk to some things about that, you know. But as I said, Parko is a great guy, man. I love him and Nick Fanning. God, you know, he loves my boys and. Um, those are two of the friends I've met doing this that I'm really glad that I met that I can be friends with still. Yeah. Is it because they're Australian, not American? Do you think Kelly's American? I think Australian, yeah. Yeah. But I think also Kelly's on a whole nother famous level and, and Australians are just, you know, if, you, if you're, if you're your mate, fuck, you're a mate forever, you know, and you're a friend, you know, and, and I, and I never, I, I never really crossed any time, you know, I've crossing wires with those guys you know where i never did anything where i had to talk we had to sit down and talk you know or you know like i've had this with kelly too where he you know he had to sit he, you know hey sure can i ask you about this you know and like the um we'll, we'll segue into this the um andy kelly moment off the wall when at the off the wall house this is fit you know i shot this photo where i was i was going from house to house this is 2003 and they're were, they were getting ready to go to the final in about a week or so. So I come into Andy's house and I'm hanging out. He's having coffee and I can get a cup of coffee. And I'm hanging out and I'm just shooting the shit. And all of a sudden the door knocks and there's Kelly. And Kelly just goes, he goes, he goes is Damien here? And Andy goes, Damien doesn't live here. And, and he goes, oh, so he opens the door. He walks in the house. There's like fucking eight or nine people here. Mick Fanning's one of them in the corner and then and Kelly looks around so I just walks around the house and it's dead goes dead silent and and so then I have my FM I have my camera some high-speed film and then Kelly gets behind Andy and I went click click and just put it down and like didn't say anything you know so then Kelly goes oh I guess Damien's not here so then he walks out and then Andy goes what the fuck was that oh my he freaked out he fucking freaked out and um, so, you know, that was, was one of those moments where, you know, so Andy and later, well, to tell the story, so then I see Kelly in that next March, it ran in surfing and Transworld Surf Magazine and Joel Patterson insinuated that it was, it was a psych job. So I saw Kelly next in two months. I'm sure at the Monroe's, I said, can I talk to you for a second? And he pulls me off. He goes, hey, why'd you tell those guys that I was psyching Andy out? And I said, hey, I don't know, man. You freaked him out. So that was one of those things. But then, so funny. And then, like about 
10 years later, they were doing this champs thing on Surfline and Mick and Kelly were there. And Mick goes to Kelly, goes, mate, you, you know, Andy thought you set him up. He thought, he thought, he, Andy thought for sure that me and me and Kelly were made that happen. And, and I just, and I was like, there's no way you could have made that happen. It was just too, it was like a gift, you know, <laughs> but um, I get asked about that photo more than any photo I've ever taken actually. How many, how many moments have you witnessed that you had your camera but left it down because you thought this is going to be too damning for somebody or don't, I don't want to capture this moment? Not a lot. Um, when guys are really pissed and you see them getting ready to, to break their board, that's where you got to stay back because that's emotion. You know what I mean? There's been a couple of those times, but man, I've... <laughs> I've gone in for the kill. I have so many photos of Taj Burrow crying in his hands. <laughs> Fuck. And I felt bad, you know, like, because, and usually they were, they're, they're all losses to Kelly usually, you know? So, but most of the time, I, I just kind of go for it and clean up the mess, you know? But I can say, this, you know, it's good that no one really hate, hated me forever or anything. I've done, or I've done that kind of stuff, you know? But, um, yeah, you just don't you just don't want to make anyone look bad, unless it's really unless it's a really good image, <laughs> you know. But you try not to make them look bad, or make them look like a horrible person, you know. Um, the idea is to make them come across well, you know. So I don't know. But uh, but also true, right? I mean, as a photojournalist, you're there capturing truth of the yes. moment, without. Yes. And I totally hear you that in your hands right you're like you are documenting history and so you can make somebody look bad or whatever yeah. where that may not be history so but i feel yes. with what you've done and i've appreciated honestly not to blow smoke here but even as derek and i do beach prayer right like the years that we've been doing this i'll always look for a sherm photo uh because you've captured these moments between people right where I feel there's some kind of honesty, even though you're a fan of these guys, I feel yeah. you capture honesty yeah. closest that it's ever been captured in surf world. Oh, thank you. I'm a fan, but I'm not too much of a fan to, to not go for it, the you know, and capturing a moment. I'm not that enthralled with them. They're my, problem is a lot, a lot of these guys are my friends. So I'm, I'm, I'm with that thing too. So, but the art, but I've always thought with you, the art is still primary, right? Like, Oh no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely an art project. I mean, I'm not making any money now, especially, but I really get off on capturing something that when a person, people come up to me and go, Hey, I love that photo you took of so-and-so, you know, or that to me is like, it's, you know, it's sharing intimacy. That's simple as that, you know? And um, I'm always enthralled. I'm just, I'm, I just love photojournalism. You know, I love seeing, that's why that, that shot of Brent took, I just thought was hands down, absolutely stunning. And um, yeah, I think that's a shot of the decade. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give him that, you know, and that's, yeah, I can't wait to see him in person and tell him, you know, cause it, and he'll be stuck. It would have been great to see what you got <clears throat> lurking around Kelly at that event though, uh, you know, after- Yeah, after I, that's what, well, Todd was being, Todd told me they had no access. Mm. I, I, I texted back and forth him a little bit and he said, ah, oh, we don't have any access, but I, I, I don't even know if they would have let me in the area at that then, but I, I would have definitely got something, the job done, you know, like when Australia was there, I decided I shot everything on the beach. I took two flashes 
and uh, me and Ethan had two flashes going, a pop flashing, like kind of like studio lighting. Mm. And and it was pissing off Kelly from the WSL because I was using a flash. And one time he made up a story, he's like, it's a sham. He says, it was, it was Jord- you know, Jordy Smith was really pissed that you sh- you shot a flash shot of him right before he went in the water. And I went, fucking liar. There's no way, you know, but, but it's just, you know, cause, and, and, and then when I knew that that kind of pissed him off, then when I was in Australia, I go, well, guess what? If you're going to make me stand on the beach, I'm going to be part, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, boom, flash is going off right and left all the time, you know, but I don't think the athletes minded, you know, it, it looked amazing. All studio lighting that surrounds them with light, you know, it's like skateboard photography when you surround them with light. That was always, that's always been your signature, hasn't it? The off, off camera flash and the gels. Like that big period in the early 2000s when you would always shoot with the, uh, the Mark Seeler yeah. yellow, yellow gel. Yeah, when I lost it and was running down the beach at Burley, going down the street, I'm going, my gel! <laughs> I'm running after it and you're laughing. Because that Mark Seliger, who's very famous, he gave me that gel. And to tell you the truth, I've never found that exact gel again. It's just a very light tinted thing you put on a flash and it creates a warmth. Uh, you put that in a softbox, it's amazing. Nowadays with digital, you just go temperature and you raise it up a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Back then it counted everything. You know, that's what's so funny about film. You know, it had to be perfect. Yeah. The shot had to be perfect. There was no fixing it in Photoshop, you know, no latitude. And um, I don't know. It made, made, you know, photographers great, you know, but you had to shoot a lot of film to get there. Who is, who is your biggest enemy photographer enemy uh, in your heyday? Oh, not that your heyday is over, but yeah, I feel like sometimes. Um, I don't. I didn't really have too many enemies. You had um, to have somebody sure. Come on, you had to have an Ashton Goggins. Oh, boss, Mike, Mike Balzer, Mike Balzer, Balzer. Yeah, there but we go. Have, well, I'll tell the story because it's a great story. So Balzer worked for me uh, at Transworld Transworld Surf when I was working there. And we hired him early with Zelda because Zelda knew him. So then um, about two years into it, we find out he, he went to the North Shore with our money. And then he took money from Surfer and gave all the photos to Surfer. It was the most cheapest thing you could possibly do. So I called his house one day and I said, listen, you know, I know what you did. And so he got really pissed. So then about five years later, he came up with this, 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 this name of, on Instagram and started raking me across the coals, like radically, like going to, you know, just saying, you know, your stuff shit, you know, I, mean, I could tell someone I knew and it was really personal and my kids were reading it and they were tripping out. And it was really, then we found out it was Balzer. We read it on Bitch Grid. Yeah, yeah. Sure so did. I remember so, all of this. <laughs> so do you know what I did? So then I immediately sent a text out to all my momentum guys, Shane Dorian, Rob, everyone. I said, hey, because they know balls are really well. I go, can you believe balls did this? And it rocked them. And um, yeah, I just thought that was the shittiest thing. And, and he was, I don't know, I guess because I called him out, but it was kind of petty. So he's one of the, he's one of those guys that, you know, um, I had a good relationship with Jack English, but I, I um, <laughs> when Kelly was the 11th, world title in san francisco where, where it was point two you know where, where the, the scrum you know mm. and i'm shooting like this and all of a sudden i feel this elbow hit me on the side of my camera and jack gave me an elbow and knocked my camera away 
like very aggressive. So, so I immediately go, boom, hit him in the face with my elbow. And he goes back like this. And I get to the beach. And so um, Travis Lee and Kelly, who's running, he's like, sure. Did you fucking knock out Jack English? And they saw it. It was so obvious. But um, he's my friend. But I was just like one of those weird things where y'all, I just, you know, you don't do that to your friend. But I wouldn't consider him an enemy at all. Jack's a nice guy. But, you know, but that was another thing I was pissed about. So, you know, and I, I, I in the moment, I almost knocked him out. But, but to see Trav Lee going, holy shit, sure, you hit him with your elbow so hard. Because they're looking down at me, and that's all they see is me go like that. And then I went back up shooting, you know, like, <laughs> I, got, I got rid of Jack. <laughs> is, um, is Kelly's pipe, pipe fixture the only significant competitive moment you've missed of his? Oh, no. I've. There's been no, I've missed lots of stuff, and I only started shooting his stuff really close as world title stuff around 2005. I have nothing, I have no um world title stuff before that, yeah, right. So, um, but then that from that point on, on seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, I was with him the whole time, you know, Quicksilver helped me get around, and um, I was in Europe during all those crazy things. and I think Kelly took about five years off me and belly and Travis's life from those moments. Like, you know what I mean? Like he'd be in, he'd be down in um, Hasegor and get the Madaka and he'd, he'd make it an hour and a half, you know, and show up at the last minute and then write a board that he had never written and stuff. But um, I just remember those days as being a lot of anxiety waiting and then it would happen. And, and I, I remember calling Pam one time ago, okay, he did it. <laughs> I can come home, you know? But um, good. It was really good times. I had I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with him and stuff. And you know, I was part of the entourage. And in, in Europe, I would he'd, he'd go, "Hey, sure, would you mind walking me to my car?" Because because um, people would just hassle him and come up to him. So I'd be like, walk into his car, and people come up with cameras, and I'd go, "No photos, no photos," <laughs> in an accent. And Kelly just thought that was the fucking funniest thing. So I. I I was his bodyguard, his photographer, you know, board caddy, all that kind of stuff. But what's the, what's the most beautiful and cherished memory with with Kelly? Oh, well, almost eleventh was pretty emotional. But to tell you the truth, it was when um, it was in two thousand six, and um, Pearl Jam was playing in San Diego, and. I was working for Surfing Magazine, and we had a we had an appointment the next day to shoot Stone Gossard and him for the Green issue. So I hadn't met Ed yet, and I'm a, I'm a big fan. So I'm I'm watching from up top, waiting for you know the show to be over so I can go backstage and, and meet him. And then Ed goes, "Okay, everyone, I'm going to bring out the eight-time world champ Kelly Slater. He's going to play." And, and I look at him, I go, "Kelly had a heat in J Bay in like 12 hours." <laughs> And what he did was, you know, you lose the first heat, right? He blew it off to go play rocking in the free world because every other time he tried to do it with Eddie, he he he, uh, he haired out. So he had to finally do it. Rob would give him shit. Rob did it a couple times, you know? So so then he does that. So I go backstage and he's like, hey, Sharon, what's going on? You're here. And I go, dude, I asked him, you're going to J-Bay? He's like, yeah, I'm going to take off tomorrow. So he's like, you want to go meet Ed? And I'm like, yeah. So he walks me back into Ed's little room. And there's Ed sitting there drinking a beer, feet propped up. 
and he introduces me and, and, and Ed goes, oh, I know who Sherm is. Dude, I love what you do, all your photos and stuff. I was like, whoa, holy shit. You know, like, so from that point on, I was friends with Ed and he was one of my favorite, you know, my favorite musicians. So it was really beautiful how he met, you know, he introduced me to him. And now I'm friends with him and I get to do stuff with him and because of that moment. But the fact that Kelly blew off Jave to, to play rock and then the free roll on guitar was hysterical, you know? <laughs> ironic, ironic that song now, obviously, that um, Neil Young is um, pulling his music from Spotify. I know, I know. I just kind of, yeah, I know. It's weird. You, you know why I did it? Because he can, <laughs> you know? Neil's super eccentric. My friend Lucas Nelson, he, um, He's friends with he's friends with him, really good friends with him. He's like that's like his uncle. Yeah, oh, really. And he played and he and he played with him for two years in his band. And he just says Neil is just a piece of work, you know. He's just does it his way. It's it's kind of cool, you know. Neil Neil Young can do what he wants to because he's Neil Young, you know. But all those famous guys who are super creative are really eccentric, you know. So what's the, including what's the Kelly Slater? Including Kelly Slater, yeah. Including Kelly Slater. <laughs> but Kelly has had a, he's had a very um he's had a very odd life old Kelly yeah oh god yeah I mean the Pamela stuff I was there for that you know so I experienced that you know to a little bit I mean he that really rocked him you know being with Pamela and then he, she broke they broke up and he went back she went back to Tommy Lee and he was super distraught. You know? oh, I, think say, I think you going to say Tommy Lee was super hung because it's like that. Isn't yeah, it? like, well, he went back him. to Tommy Lee and Tommy Lee was super hung. He's like, yeah, fuck. No, no, but no, she went back and he was just, he was really devastated, you know? So and I, I got that photo of him at the US Open where, you know, I, I'm sitting off the side and I see Kelly with Pamela. I'm like, oh my God, he's, he brought her to the contest. Holy shit. <laughs> creepy some photos of my 200. And he looks over at me, he's like, <laughs> okay so he comes up and says Asher she's, she freaks out when people sneak photos like that I'm like, really Seems she probably freaks out a lot but so then he's like I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to her and then we'll do a photo so he did and I met her and she was nice and then I did the photo this medium format photo he's got the hair and she got the Hot Wheels shirt on and uh, so I, I got to experience that and then I go home and then next thing I, oh, my phone was ringing because paparazzi the um the word got on the street that I had photos of them together. So all these, every, like the agency started calling me, but when they found out it was a black and white, they wanted nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. That's the story of your life, isn't it? You get so close. It is to my, it. Isn't that somewhat my life in a nutshell? Yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> you get the shop, but then your artistic, your, your artistic ambitions get in the way of your, um, you know, lucrative successes. Yeah, I wasn't thinking on that one, but it's all right, you know. It probably, I don't want to be the guy to, you know, have to be the, you know, show the fun of those guys. You know, it's kind of cheesy in a way, but then again, I probably would have sold it if they, you know, if I, I could have, because, you know, we're a starving artists, you know. But, um, yeah, that's what that's where the ball bounces sometimes, you know, art. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you were telling me the other day that, um, you know, you're feeling a little bit left behind because everyone's in lights, yeah. making money. And you're still yep. schlepping away. <clears throat> yeah. Let me let me tell you something. You know, long after all those gadflies and groupies and limelight stealers are gone, you'll be there with your body of work. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, as, as I told you, I'm sensitive, and things sometimes get to me. You know, and I get really low on stuff. You know, and uh, but I do. But what makes me happy is when 
someone comes up to you and goes, I love that photo you took. Or I've, I, and people know about my images. You know, people grew up. I went to Japan and I worked for F Plus Magazine, Yuki Sonoda, for like 20 years. And these people go, oh my God, I grew up with your photos. And they'd get my autograph and go, wow, that's so cool, you know? Um, I just think you just, you know, artists just want to show, show their art, you know, and share moments, you know, but um, my archive is pretty good. I, I saw a lot. That's what I've been doing uh, during the COVID. That's how I kind of got through it. I sold a lot of photos just on, through, on, on Instagram. I, I put something up and then um, people start, I, they go, hey, can I come by your, I have a garage at my mom and dad's house where all my shit is. So now people come by and the, the, they want to come by. I'll let them come by. And I'll let them rifle through my photos and pick, you know, prints and stuff. And they're just kind of blown away. And, and I just love it. And it, it's intimate. You know, you meet people like that and they're stoked. They remember that. Oh my God, I got this photo from C. Sherman. I got to see his garage. I got to see his boards and all that kind of shit, you know. But um, I'm very lucky. Uh, I, thought you said, I thought you said they got to see, got to see his balls. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a fucking sight to behold. Yeah, that depends, you know. Sometimes the balls do come out, you know. Sometimes you just got to pull the balls out. <laughs> pull your pants down, you're like, yep. Walking to my garage. <laughs> Dave Sherman, what's your book? What is your, if you had to do a, I mean, one's coming for sure, but what's your ideal coffee table photo book? Yeah, I think, um, I was trying to think of names of it, you know. I don't know. It would probably just be like Surf Fan. Or some, or something about surf and fan, and being a fan, and, and for fans, you know. So, I think it'll be something like that. Um, this is amazing. All like this, this my body of work at Transworld Surf, the portraits I did for them could be a book in itself, you know, with shooting the two and a quarter medium format stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do that. You know, people ask, oh, you gonna do a book? But so, for some reason, I just don't see a book being. I guess that's something you always have, but like Todd Glazer made a book and he's, sit, he's sitting on a bunch of them in his garage, you know? So I just don't, I mean, if it would sell, I'd be so, I'd just be so bummed if he made a book and it wouldn't sell, you know? That's just me as an artist going, oh, fuck, no one wants to see my shit. You know? Well, why did you, that's called a publisher. You put the non-selling stuff on them. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, also an agent, you know, I, I, I've, 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 was looking, I've been looking for an agent for a long time. Um, Danny Clinch tried to help me find an agent in New York and, I, and I, I tapped on windows in there and I couldn't find an agent. I just think if, if, if I got the right agent, I could make an agent for 20, a lot of money if they got me in the right things, you know, doing fashion stuff in New York, you know, being the certain, you know, but um, I don't know, I'm not ruling it out, but if there's any agents hearing this, give me a call. But it's funny, it's really hard to get an agent. And, um, and I tried, I, I knocked on a lot of doors. And that's another thing is, is it's like when you knock on so many doors, I hate the word grovel, but sometimes as an artist, you end up groveling a lot. And um, it's not good for the, um, for the psych a little bit sometimes, but in order to make ends meet, you got to grovel sometimes. So, um, but <laughs> I was over groveling with agents. So, but um, it's, it's hard to find a good agent, isn't it? Any agent. I, I and, they never, they, and they never, uh, they never, they never, you get one and then I text you back, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to find an older Jewish woman from New York who can, who can set me up and, you know, give me corporate work and shoot events and stuff. You know, I, I love doing that shit. But um, it'll all come. This COVID thing just was so, was so radical for 
for work, you know, everything's stopped. And then, then before that, the surf magazines all disappeared. So I had kind of a tough five years, the last five years. Um, you know, I went through some, some kind of depressing times, you know, just that was it, you know, but um, got through it. I, st- I stopped drinking like three years ago. Not that I was a huge, not full alcoholic, but I just that's why, that's why you're depressed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They tell me it was a depressant, but it actually was a good thing because now I'm a little more present, you know, and I was just, um, I don't really miss it. I've had a lot of good drinking times, you know. I've, I've had the best drinking times in the world. I've drank with a lot of famous people and had great, you know, Australia. So, but, um, so that kind of helped a little bit. I'm a little more clear-headed with that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not sober, but... <laughs> So you, have uh, the, so you have the occasional drink no no, no. i haven't had a drink in three, over three years no jesus he's not sober he smokes weed. he's california sober Derek. Oh, california sober you know, yeah. you know we some recre- recreational drugs sometimes you know and yeah microdosing are you are you high marijuana now um no but i was this afternoon before i served <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's you know, california man we all it's, it's so cow to be, you know, smoke weeds like everywhere. And um, it actually works out for me better. I'm more in the mornings are better. You know, you get up and I feel clear and it's just the way, you know, it's not that big. I'm, I'm not, I'm in a band. I'm, I go to bars. I'm around drinking all the time. You know, about, you know, so it doesn't really bother me. It's, it's weird. I just did it. Stop. I don't know this, uh, Pictures will appear from this podcast, but Steve Sherman, how's your hair still so fabulous after all these years? Yeah, well, I got to, um, I got good jeans, and um, I'm with Uppercut. I'm an, I'm an ambassador for Uppercut um, Gel, and their shit. And I, I went by my friend Emiliano. He's a Hispanic guy in the kid. And I, right before I came over, I go, "Hey, I need to be cleaned up." So he cleaned me up because he knew I was going to go on the podcast. He's so cool. But yeah, I got thick hair, man, and now I got long and. I mean, a lot of guys my age don't have their hair, you know. I'm, I'm, I'll be 59, so yeah. But it's the, it's the product, you know. I got good product in it. It's all been, it's just freshly cut. It's like an hour. It's like an hour cut. I just got it. So real sharp. Yeah, thank you. I like, you know, I like, you know, I'm a fashionista. I, I like, I like my clothes, and I, I just do what I want to do, you know. I just, but uh, it's so funny. A lot of my 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 uh my boys like their girlfriends or daughters goes god your dad dresses so much better than either dad i know or something like that i'll say shit like that i'm all not too difficult you know <laughs> you have to tap some know. of them bitches <laughs> get some <laughs> oh you're so bad get some get some oh. young flesh so sure i'm just um i'd like you to to how important is art to surf media and to, and to the surfing culture in general how, how important is your art the art of photography because it has been neglected because <clears> the <throat> magazines are dead there's no no place for it except for maybe the surface journal and um a thumb-sized um screenshot on, on our website um well it's it was so important in my life when i grew up you know we all we, surf magazines you had them around stacks and you had the photos on your walls so you were able to live with photojournalism and, and photos, you know, and that was what moved me, you know, from, I bought my first surf magazine when I was like 1976 or whatever, you know? So um, nowadays it's, 
I still think it's important, but it's not as important, it seems. But then you see, a, you get a photo like Brett Bielman's and you're all, oh, yeah, someone gets it. That's what we need, you know? And that photo has been re-ran so much. And I was excited about that because people got it. That was a real moment. And I haven't seen a real moment like that come from pro surfing in a while. You know, so, and as I said, I think it's, very, I, I, I mean, and to me, it's very important. I just don't know what the kids think. You know, I just wonder what do kids do? My kids don't really put surf photos on their walls. You know, what, what happened to that? You know, that, that, that's what you dream, right? You lay down there, you look at a shot of Kong, you know, you go, oh yeah, I, I want to do that, you know, or, um, but surfing and art goes hand in hand, you know, surfers are artists and musicians, you know, we're all, it's all self-expression. Right. I think that's what we do. You guys, it's your self-expression. Beach Grid is your self-expression. This is your guys' art. You're, you're, you're creating, you know, controversies or you're interviewing in the way and it's presenting the way you see the world. And uh, I think that's what art is, you know. And so I, I, I just want is I mean, our surf mag, is it going to a surf magazine going to come going to come back like like just like film cameras came back. All, all the cool kids are carrying around film cameras now. All of a sudden, is like a surf. There's gonna be a surf magazine again. I don't nope. think so. Nope. It's sad. But I can't um, wait for, for the end of time when the entire arc of art is looked at, where Beach Grit will for sure be on the absolute lowest end of <laughs> what, art, what art is. <laughs> I know. I, I just I kind of want to make like a. I talked to Chris Cote about this, making a surf like a zine almost, like like. One step above a zine, you know? Cote's doing singing at Seamus Magazine, though. Cote's in, like, still in old yeah, school but, publishing. Yeah, that's, yeah, screw those guys. That's just all went, yeah. I'm talking about real, you know? Portraits and, and, and say things that controversy. And you just have minimal advertising, just enough for you can do what you want to do. And you do interview, you know what I mean? I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm just grasping at straws here, but it just seems like, is there room for that? I mean, I think there's room for that to do. Beach you know? Grid print is exactly what the world needs. God, yes. I mean, <laughs> print dead. I know. It's. I just can't. I can't. If you'd have told me 10 years ago this was going to happen, I'd go, no way. Derek, Derek got on that print at the height of yeah. stab. Derek Riley was saying print is dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Kids don't care, and visually they don't care. They don't. They don't get the visual anymore. Two page spread, you know. Oh wow! Oh. Look at that. Oh my god! That makes me want to go surfing. Now you, get, now you go. Oh look at that photo. That's rad. Oh well, yeah, you know. There's no effect to that. So maybe the maybe the kids have never. Maybe people haven't experienced it, so they, they have no idea how cool that is. But I guess it's just gone. Gone, man. What if it wasn't? What if it was never cool? What if we're just old and dumb? Yeah, I think of that too. I'm just, you know, I'm just grasping at fucking straws and shit. But I work for skateboard magazines. I did all the cool shit, you know? Skateboard, all that stuff was good, you know? Those are the best times of my life, working for those magazines and going on the road and, and making magazines and, you know, photo editing magazines was just, God, that was a dream. You know what the best part was of my surf magazine career was that so I was at Transworld Surf and somehow, like some of the industry guys decided that they wanted to 
rock like Liam Ferguson and the guys there about about oh well, what are you guys doing with this? Where's it going? So they made up this kind of thing. So they basically convinced Tim Risley to, to fire me. So I've been there for three years. I created it was my baby. I, I, I built that fucking thing, me and Cote and Zelda. So I got fired. And Derek was the first one to really help me come back and made me feel like I was somebody because it really rocked me. But the best part was, so down the line, surfing magazines going at all time low. Like it's a piece of shit. It just looks so bad. And, and then, so then flame is sick. Flame got cancer. So um, Evan Slater convinced him that you're going to have to let it go and you're going to have to find some, we got to find someone to take over and help out. And, and so flame picked me. It, I was like, so I, we went to lunch with Flame and it was me and Evan and I didn't know if they're going to hire me and I'm with Larry and we're arming sushi and then Evan goes to the bathroom and I look at Larry and I'm like, Larry, you know, I can really do this and I think I can help modernize the magazine. I really want to do this because I can't do this without you, without your blessing. He grabs my hand, frail, and he's all, sure, you already got it. And that, so I just, and so then all those guys that got me fired, I must have been, I must have been okay because Flame hired me of all the, you know, people wanted that job. And um, that was a proud time because we kind of picked that up and some cool things there too. But um, in my publishing world, that was like, okay, I'm okay. Because when you get fired from something, you're just going, what the fuck? You know, it's, being fired is tough. We've all been fired, right? It's just no fun. But um, so, Derek was there for yourself. me. That's why it's great to work for yourself, Shane. No one can fire you. Well, I'm working for myself. Yeah, no one can fire me now. Yeah. yeah Derek, Derek's going Derek's to fire me from Beach Grid tomorrow. I'm on a, maybe i'm on a, a hair. I, I, I think you've been taking too much vacation time in montana or something exactly you know i don't know what you do but you do a lot I'm, of shit dude. i'm waiting for my pink slip any day <laughs> i want your life i want yeah i want to grow and be you yeah, you got a good life you guys, you guys are both great i love you guys both you know and you guys are doing something so cool and it's pertinent to surfing and um I just hope you keep doing it because um, my boys are a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. I love it. So, you know, we just got to charge forward. <laughs> Old guys, you know, but. Charging forward. It's stupidity, yeah, it's stupidity, it. stupidity um, Stephen, but the world needs more stupidity. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we're all, we're, we're, you know what? You know what it is, guys? We're all slow learners. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> With great yeah. hair, with all great hair, beautiful. Oh, well, I got great hair. Sure yes, the best hair. Chaz has got Chaz has got similar to you. I just got yeah. a I just got a haircut, but it's not nearly as good as Sherm's. Yeah, Sherm's my guys Africa, they take care of me. I got good product. It's all about the product. My hair's super thick. But, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God bless you, Steve Sherman. Hey, thank oh. you for coming on the show, Stephen. I think that was cool. Thank you yeah, so I really much, enjoyed, Sherman. I really, really enjoy talking to you guys because you guys are friends and. Um, I hope people enjoyed it. I was off the cuff. I'll, we'll see, I'll, I'll pick. I'll, I'll clean up the mess when it comes out. Now you'll get an agent from this. Don't worry, you got an agent. Maybe an agent. Uh, and I hope Dave Prodan still likes me because I love him. Oh, Dave! Dave Prodan is like Teflon for dislike. I've bugged that dude so much, and he probably doesn't like me anymore. But he'll still answer my texts. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, like yeah, yeah. But. Um, yeah. At least I let the world know where I stand on that, because that's yep. in my that's in my crawl. 
that's one of the things still in my gut. And the Skelly thing just kind of, I just, I kind of brought me back into it. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You know, I want, I want to do this stuff, you know? You're back. You get your, you get your I'm back. fourth act, just like Kelly. No, I'm not. I'm, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still shooting a lot. And I, and I, I'll tell you one thing I can say at the end of this thing. I am shooting better than I've ever shot in my life. I know that for a fact. And I just feel really good about as an artist. I, I, I'm, re- I'm rich in other ways, but I understand lighting better than I ever have and, and, and moments and people. And um, as I said, I'm going to do that. You know, this is what I do. So I'm, I'm happy doing that. And I'm just glad I, ha- I have places to express myself. We have that support, Steve. Steve. Thank you, sir. You guys always have that support. Uh, Thank you, guys. I love you guys. See you, brother. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.